Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. It's four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and I want to talk real quick to Larry, 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 who just talked. I talked to him about his RV. He had somebody install solar panels that was working out of the back of his truck, and and all of a sudden he's got electrical problems. My wife just called me during the break, and she said, What's the matter with the RV store that that we know about? And she's right. Sport Truck RV. Larry, that one with the solar panel issues, I want you to remember this. Sport Truck RV and talk to Paul. They are capable of fixing your problem. They install solar panels so they know the system. And clearly he, he wired it incorrectly. It's probably not going to be a matter of repositioning or working on the solar panels. It's going to be the electronics that he screwed up. So Sport Truck RV is in Chandler, and you're going to talk to Paul, who's the service guy there, and and also a salesman there, and that's who I know real well. And, and, um, and I'm not making any money on your referral or on this so-called commercial. I'm just giving you the best advice I can give you. So Sport Truck RV in Chandler is, a, is a certainly... I'm going to move them to the top of the list with respect to fixing the problem with your sonar panels and then replacing all the circuit boards that got blown up by the installation of the circ- of the uh, solar panels. Jim, good morning. Jim and Tim, you stay there, Tim. T- Jim, you're first. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Good. Uh, I had a learning experience Thursday. Uh, I'm 75, and I came out of the doctor's office, and there was an old gray-haired man. And he asked if he could, I could jump his car for him. And I said, sure. So I got everything all hooked up and everything. And he turned it over and it cranked once and then it was dead. So, and this is after letting it run for about three or four minutes. So it would charge up. So he said, uh, he asked if I could take him up to his mechanics, which was only a mile away and talk to them. So I drove him up there. And uh, they sent a mechanic over. He had like a, a backpack, which a battery unit. Uh-huh. And he hooked that up, and it cranked over twice, and then it went dead. So we're kind of scratching our heads there, and a gentleman pulled up in a truck, got out, came up with a little device the size of a transistor radio with some clamps on it, clamps it on the battery, and the thing started right up. <laughs> and I thought, what is that? Because I thought, yeah, you know, I thought I knew everything. And he says, it's a, it's a battery jumper. And he said he got it on Amazon for 70 bucks. And he says, it's just awesome. And he explained to me how it works. And I, it, it was an ego boost. Mm-hmm. And I never had seen anything like that before. Is that pretty common? Oh, I have five of those. Yeah, okay. I think uh, I'm going to get one. <laughs> well, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, a, a fully charged battery, a 12-volt battery, is at 13 volts. Okay? 13 is fully charged. 12 volts is only 50% charged. So 13 volts. When you hit a key, the battery voltage, if there's a meter on the on the jumper box, so to speak, we can't drop below 96 
We just can't. Well, what happens is, is somebody grabs those things off the shelf in the shop and goes out and tries to start the car, but nobody plugged it in for the last three days or three weeks. But these new ones are lithium, and those are the big dogs. And I'm and like you say, I've started diesels with with this box that's no bigger than a lunch pail. And so, wow. yeah, if you like that, then the, the key is keep it plugged in and use it every once in a while. Um, you know, there's times where I'll use it to fire up something in the motorhome or I'll use that jumper box to run the refrigerator for a while just to exercise it because we need to yo-yo the battery. We start off at 13 volts. That's fully charged. And then it'll drop to about 9.69. And then we need to yo-yo that thing back up to 13 volts. So just keep it plugged in. But what you've seen is new technology, and I'm quite sure it's a lithium battery and these things. But they're also very dangerous because if you get them hot, they'll burn. And 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 there has been people that have said that they will explode, but not a violent explosion that that kills people. It's just that the battery itself will explode. So be careful. Yeah. Follow the directions. But, yes, um, I know what you're talking about. Well, it was just amazing that something that little could have enough power to start a car, you know, whereas the mechanic and I couldn't get it going. So it was just, it was amazing. So. Yeah. And, and, and again, they'll, they'll do diesels um, and, and, and diesels usually have two big batteries. And so it, yeah. it, those batteries, but they don't, here's what they don't have. They don't have long term. You can't really plug that thing in and run a light bulb in your tent for 12 hours. It gives right. a whole lot of electricity for a pretty long amount of time but it's it's not that's what a car battery is supposed to do the batteries in your flashlight give a little bit of electricity for a long period of time this gives a whole bunch of electricity for a short period of time that's the difference between flashlight batteries and the one you talk okay thanks mark have a good week and to you jim thank you tim you're up next how can i help you yeah thank you uh for taking my call i appreciate it mm-hmm. um i have kind of a, a nightmare i'd like to see if there's anything I can do about this. Uh, I have a 2002 Ford pickup truck, four-wheel drive, 150. Um, I originally was pulling a trailer with it that was a little bit too heavy, and it blew the engine up, evidently. It it overheated. So I took it to this place. I don't know if I can say the name or not. Uh, Can I say the name? Uh, this, This engine rebuilding shop in Glendale. And uh, they rebuilt it. It would cost me about $44,000. They said it has a two-year warranty on it. Uh, And the truck, uh, the engine had overheated again while I was pulling up a hill from Payson with a much lighter trailer. So I'd been going all the way through Colorado. I probably put 10,000, 11,000 miles on it. It didn't have any problems with it. So the uh, owner of the engine uh, shop told me that... uh, I let it overheat, but I had no indication whatsoever uh, that, that, that my my engine temperature, everything was, was fine. It was just going up this hill. All of a sudden, I hear this kind of, I knew I was losing power, and there was some problems. So okay, my, how much did he charge you to rebuild your engine? $4,000. Say it again. $4,000. Oh, 4000 Okay. 4, I thought you said 54000 yeah. Okay. Right. Oh no, no. Okay. Well, no. So, um, so what are you going to do? Well, I, so he, he, I've had it there since September. Um, you know, it's an extra truck. 
but I'd like to get my truck back. And he said, well, I'm going to have to charge you for this because it's not under warranty. Well, you know, I'm not a genius, but, you know, the engine blew up while I had it. I, I just had had the oil change and all the fluids changed to Jiffy Lube. And all of a sudden he says it, it overheated, which I guess it did. I, I don't know. It didn't have any. Okay. All right. Well, this is ground we've covered before. This is ground we covered before. Okay. Um, first of all, four thousand dollars, and it's a V eight. Yeah, it's five point four. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have touched that engine for less than ten thousand bucks. So I don't know what you got for four thousand dollars, and and frankly, yeah. I'm right in the middle of the market. I, I mean, I I know I'm in the middle of the parts market. I'm on. I know I'm in the middle of the labor market. And I don't know what you got, but I'm not impressed. I think, um, okay. and 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 when you, when you when you, you can't haul a trailer that's bigger than what you should haul. That's your fault. But yeah. on his side, he he's he's come to the conclusion that you overheated it again. But did he show you? Are the cylinders? Did this pistons come apart? Did the cam lose its? I mean, what? What's he showing you? Did he? Did anybody replace the fan clutch? Did anybody replace the radiator? Um, is there fifty-fifty coolant in it? Did it ping? Did you ever hear it ping? Did you ever hear it rattle? Was there any check engine lights? There's all this missing, and and so the only thing I can tell you is, I think you should get it out of there and take it someplace else. I think you need to take it yeah. someplace else, but you're going to spend a whole whole bunch more money because four thousand dollars isn't anything. Hell, the labor's probably twenty five hundred dollars to take the motor out and put it in. So what they do for for a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks? What did they do? So I I don't know, but let me tell you something. Your gauge needs to work, and you need to verify that it works. And when you're towing a trailer, you can flirt with the three-quarter mark, but you can't flirt with the red zone on the on the on the red-hot mark. So there's nothing wrong with. And I I haul horses, and I haul big trailers, gooseneck trailers, three-axle trailers. And I'm hauling with a one-ton Dodge truck, and I'm running on the three-quarter mark between three-quarter and full on the gauge, but I don't let it get into the red, and I know it's going to be okay. So I don't know what – see, overheat to you means overheat differently from 20 guys. We line them up, and everybody has a different idea of overheat. Overheat is needle in the red. That's an overheat. It's not the three-quarter mark, and it's not past the half mark. Overheat, or you're, spin, you're spitting steam out from underneath the hood, and you're spitting water on the ground. That's an overheat. So you okay, so got to get it out of there. Yeah, I mean, I had no evidence. I mean, just other than it started losing power. Well, um, you, so. you you got two choices. You can have yours rebuilt, which which I'm not playing in that that barnyard at all. Uh, I'm just not, yeah. and, and a whole lot of other guys. If they if you tell them that story, they're going to bail on it too. I'm going to put a, a rebuilt engine in there and be done with it. But what, you know, are you going to pay to have somebody do an autopsy on the old motor to find out what happened and and then? And then you're going to hire experts at $250 an hour to testify about the oil and about the machine shop and about this and about that. No, you're not going to do that. Just suck it up, learn your lesson, and go get another motor. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think that uh, this guy was just, his, his prices were too cheap. He's been in business for quite a while, uh, and he's got a lot, a lot of trucks there, uh, which is really, I don't know, it's surprising. 
Um, I did get a quote for $8,000 from Pep Boys. And I said, well, I'm going to shop around and see if I can get a better price. Well, Pep Boys was probably going to sell you a a motor that was pre-manufactured out of the Midwest like most of us do. And the $8,000 in Pep Boys' world is, and and I already told you, this is a $10,000 to $12,000 motor replacement. Now, $10,000 to $12,000, take the old motor out, transfer the components to the new motor, put the new motor in, all the hoses, all the belts, all the fluids, all the spark plugs, all the wires, all that stuff. That's the $10,000 to $12,000 motor. But, you know, you, you can, after it's all over with, whoever takes it out, you can look at it. If you want, you can write an, a nice review or a bad review. All I'm telling you is, is the $4,000 should have chased you away from him at the very beginning. Because that's just not even a realistic price. But i got to run. Anyway, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If it's too good to be true, it t- typically is. I've been working on cars in the Valley, in Tempe, pretty much since 1968. And I opened my own shop. Um, I was a policeman in Scottsdale for the 70s. And in, in the late 70s, I opened up the mobile station in Ahwatukee. And then from there, we've morphed into a 20-bay repair facility in Tempe. I don't say the name of my shop because that's not what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'm supposed to be helping you with your car problems. I'm not supposed to be stumping my chest, telling everybody how great my shop is, and trying to get you to come to do business with us. The other day, I had my daughter run a query on our computer system that I actually wrote the software for. And I just said, I want to know where the predominant customers are. We have 35,000 customers. So she calls back, and she says, guess. And I said, just tell me. And she says, no, guess. I said, okay, Tempe, Ahwatukee, Mountain Park Ranch, and Chandler. She says, you hit it. She says, 92% of the customers we have are from that geographical area. And I said, okay. She says, here's something important. We've got customers that have been doing business with us for 39 years. <laughs> and she says, she says, Mrs. Althea is a good example. Her customer number is six, and we're at 35,000. Those are the kinds of things that you're looking for when, and there's plenty of shops just like mine in the in the city of Phoenix, um, in Peoria, uh, Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, um, all over the place. All you have to do is just do a little bit of homework on the internet. Anyway, 602-508-0960. All five lines are open, 602-508-0960, and we'll be right back. Seth Leapson here. What does record high inflation mean to you? It now costs painfully more to buy most of the essentials of life than it did a year ago under the Biden regime. Your money is losing value. One thing that doesn't lose value is gold, which is why it's wise to convert some of your savings and your investments into gold with the only gold company I recommend, Midas Gold Group. Gold holds its value when economies fail. With stocks and bonds crashing down over 20% since the beginning of the year, gold has held its value. I recommend calling veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to safeguard your savings and investments with physical gold before you lose even more. The economic signs are worrisome. Log on to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. It's gold you can hold. That's Midas Gold Group, 480-360-3000. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. 
You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, oh, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 20 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. We just got done talking with Tim, and he had taken his Ford truck, and he had overheated it. He admitted he was pulling a trailer up and down the mountains uh, that was a little bigger than he should. He took it to a shop. Uh, they charged him $4,000. They gave him a two-year warranty. And on one of his trips, it overheated again, and now the engine's bad again, and the shop says you have to pay for it. So um, there's quite a few guys that have my cell phone number, and so um, they comment on (laughs) callers and stuff. And one of them, that's a good friend of mine and a well-respected technician, he said, folks, when we do a, a rebuild engine, we usually put a heat tab, uh, and we glue it to different parts of the engine. Most of the time, it's to a freeze plug. The heat tab will melt when the engine gets in distress. What that tells us is you did take it into a heat range that you should not have. So Eddie writes, heat tabs will indicate an overheat on that Ford motor. What he's saying is is that if that rebuilder that charged him $4,000 for his rebuild, if he put heat tabs on there, those heat tabs will tell us one of two things. Number one, this motor has been overheated. Or this motor failed and it has not been overheated. So the heat tab placement, where they're at and what they look like, will add some information on why this engine failed. But if the heat tabs show that the engine has gone into a temperature range it should not have, then the person with his hands on the steering wheel is the problem. They're the ones that are going to pay this bill. Likewise, if they're saying that you overheated it but the heat tabs are intact, then somebody's lying. That's how it works. Jeffrey, good morning. How can I help you this morning? Hey, thank you, sir. Uh, I got a 05 Pontiac Grand Prix that had a, kind of a whining sound to it. Okay. And uh, it, to me, it sounded uh, electrical, didn't sound mechanical. And uh, so when I was uh, test driving it, went to start it up, it had a hard time a little bit starting up. And uh, it threw like a little... I don't know, like a warning message saying uh, charging system failed. Okay. Uh, and so, obviously, first thing I did is went and had the battery tested. Battery came back okay. And sometimes it, it sometimes it has the problem. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Like to me, the next thing I want to try to chase down is testing the alternator. Um, I'm just curious if it goes any further. What would your next course of action be if the alternator seems to be okay? Well, I, I would get, I would carry a, a screwdriver with me at all times, and wh- how how often do you hear the noise? Uh, you know what? It's my fiance's car, so I haven't driven it a bunch. It's happened about once a day, though, the last few days. Okay. Well, if you can hop out of the car and pop the hood, and it's squealing, and or you can have her just get in and start it, and you got the hood open. And if you touch the alternator with that screwdriver, you'll be able to feel if that alternator's got a bad bearing in it. I don't think it's a matter 
uh, where the alternator is not charging. I think that if the noise is related to the RPMs of the engine, otherwise it's squealing. And then when you rev it up, it goes, well, that means it's moving with the RPM of the engine. Another thing you can do is if you can get it to squeal, spray it with a hose. Spray the alternator with a hose. If the noise goes away, then you need to replace the belt, and that's the only thing you need to do. <laughs> okay. But if the noise doesn't go away, then you need to replace the alternator. Yeah. Well, I uh, I mean, I know for a fact that's been on my to-do list for her is I know that belt is really old. I just looked at it recently and about crapped my pants. Well, I, do, I know I need to replace that anyway. Well, and here's the deal. When you start the car up and you rev it up, a, a bad fan belt will squeal then. And you rev it up and it squeals and it squeals and it squeals. You rev it fast. You hit the throttle fast and let go, and it'll squeal. If you continue to drive it, it'll get so hot that it'll stop squealing, and it goes away. Now, a bearing in the alternator won't go away. It stays there forever. So, right. if I were you, uh, I would. You know what you ought to do? You ought to just take it by some repair shop and say, "Would you take a look at my belts? I'm told that the alternator, or I'm told my I need fan belts." And if they open up the hood and they look at your shoestring alternator belt and they start laughing, there's your answer. Okay. 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 Excellent. Thank you. You bet. You. You bet. It's okay to do that, but when you go to an auto shop and you just want them to look at something quick. You're not going to get good service on Monday mornings and Friday afternoons for obvious reasons. We're just trying to open the week and close the week. So it's not likely we're going to send a, you know one or two technicians out into the parking lot and jabber with you for a half an hour. The idea is is that you can do that, but just be considerate of their time. I've got a noise. I can make it happen, and it's it doesn't happen all the time. Could you have a technician just, I'll lift the hood, and I'll start it up and make it happen, and, and the technician can see what it is, or and then I'll have you fix it. That's kind of the conversation us shop owners like to hear from our from our clients and our customers is that kind of thing. Obviously, on Monday mornings and Friday afternoons is a really tough time, but I'll tell you something else. Right now, we're all booked weeks in advance. Everybody's booked weeks in advance. The dealers, the independent, the specialty shops, the oil change shops, the tire shops, everybody's booked. And we're, I don't have an explanation for it. I can only just tell you that sometimes it'll take you a week to 10 days to get into many of the shops that I know who owns them and including my own. Sometimes we are just busier than we know what to do with. And uh, and, and, and that's hopefully that's why you have a relationship with the shop. If you want a shop, and you want one of my good shops, then go to MarkSalem.com. Mark with a K, Salem like the cigarette, S-A-L-E-M, MarkSalem.com, and click on Best Car Repair Shops. That's my list of shops in the, in the valley that I know the owners. I know they've been in business 20, 30, 40 years. I know they're honest. I know they have good technicians, and I feel very comfortable referring people from the radio show and personal friends of mine to a shop in North Phoenix or West Phoenix or East Mesa or whatever because I just know that they know what they're doing and they're good-hearted people and they're not in they're not going to rebuild your engine for $4,000 where everybody else would be 10 to $12,000. <laughs> so if it's too good to be true it typically is. 602-508-0960. We have five lines available. Gil's the one that's answering the phone, so he'll say KKNT, do you want to talk to Mark? And if you say yes, then he'll say give me your name 
and then he'll whisper in my ear. He'll say, hey, Fred's on the line next or something like that. So that's kind of how it works, 602-508-0960. I've been doing radio in the Phoenix market since 1988. I don't say the name of my shop because the very first guy I worked for, his name was Jim Tazerak. He said to me, son, if you think that you're going to come in here, because they ask me to come to, to the radio show and do a car show, if you think you're going to come in here and thump your chest for 30 minutes or an hour at a time and tell everybody how great you are, you got another thing coming. You're not the guy. I said, I understand what you're saying. What is my job? <laughs> and he goes, take car calls talk to them, ask them the appropriate questions, and then try to give them guidance and send them someplace. But you're not allowed to thump your chest and tell everybody what the name of your shop is and send everybody that calls to your shop, which happens to be in Tempe. And I said, I understand that. Well, he he was smarter than anybody I had ever met because he understood that when you go on the radio and you thump your chest, that that's really bad and people see right through that. That's exactly the reason since 1988, I've never said the name. Um, I haven't never said. I'm Sometimes I'm pinned down and I have to say it. But I go days, weeks, and months, and lots of months without ever saying the name of my shop because it's not important. What's important is your car questions and trying to give you guidance. And that's what I evidently they figured I'm good at. So if you'd like to join us, we have six line, or five lines available, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. You're listening to KKNT, The Patriot, in Phoenix, Arizona, if you're listening on any of the uh, radio internet channels. And uh, so we're headquartered out of Phoenix, and uh, I'm sitting in Tempe right now in a uh, auto repair shop that has a studio. So 602-508-0960, and we'll see you in just a few minutes. Take The Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast... She tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, when we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. <laughs> hey, everyone. You know, let's all stop what we're doing right now. And take a moment. 
That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice, special sort of moment. Together. Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. <laughs> Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Thousands of young people are dying from counterfeit prescription drugs laced with lethal doses of fentanyl. Just one counterfeit pill laced with fentanyl can kill. Visit OnePillKilled.org to learn more. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels in the well, Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Gil, have we got anybody in the wings? Lines are wide open at 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. We get lots of questions about oil, and I think I can clear up some oil f- questions for you real quick. In the old days, we had one kind of oil. It was called conventional oil. And it could be Chevron, Exxon, Mobil, Pennzoil, Valvoline. It could be whatever. That was a 3,000-mile oil. Today, we have three kinds of oils for your cars and your trucks and your diesels. We have conventional oil. That's not the cream of the crop. It's just a conventional oil that has basically a three to 5,000-mile oil change interval. It's not supposed to go 10,000 miles or 20,000 miles. It's three to 5,000. Then we have a semi-synthetic oil, which is a mixture of conventional and full synthetic. The question is, is it a 90-10 split or a 50-50 split? And you don't really know. The semi-synthetic goes from, if, if conventional is three to 5,000 miles, then semi-synthetic goes from five to 8,000 miles, and then full synthetic goes from eight to 20,000 miles. So it just depends on what book you're looking at and what the oil manufacturer says and what your car says. But if you use a synthetic oil, like on my diesel truck, I run 10,000 miles, but my diesel truck holds like 14 quarts of oil, and I'm using a synthetic 
So I feel comfortable and I run oil analysis and I'm well within the industry standards at 10,000 miles. And actually I could go to 12 or 15,000 if I wanted to. I just feel like I don't want to. So I do change my oil a little early. And in your case, it's the same. Oil is also backward compatible. So if you have a 65 Corvette, you can put synthetic in it. And, and, and all the idea that synthetic's going to cause seal problems and your motor's not going to like synthetic, that's all bull. It, it was then and it is now. Your engine has no idea what kind of oil you put in it. But it's just much better oil than the oil that it was built around back in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. So, and as far as brand is concerned, there's really four companies that pull oil out of the ground and make engine oil, so it doesn't really make any difference. If you're going to go to Pep Boys or Napa or Auto CarQuest, just buy the cheapest stuff you can find in the category you want. I happen to pour Chevron at our shop, and so we buy Chevron. We don't buy it by the quarter. We buy it by the gallon. We have big tanks, 300-gallon tanks, that they come in and pump this oil in this tank, this oil in that tank, this oil in that tank. So I don't have to throw away the lids of the quartz. I don't have the plastic bottles to throw away. All I really have, to, I, I don't have the cardboard boxes. I don't have any byproducts of my relationship with my oil vendor. So many people have that same relationship. So you can also say to the, you know, if I, if you're a customer of mine and you drive 5,000 miles a year, I'm going to put you in just a regular oil. The, the cover's three to 5,000 miles. If you go 10,000 miles a year, I'm going to put you in a semi-synthetic, and I'm going to change your oil once a year. And if you're going to do more than that, I'm going to put you in a synthetic oil and change it once every 15, 10, 15,000 miles. Those are the kinds of th- decisions that you can make, and your owner's manual gives you that ability. And your owner's manual over the newer model cars talks about the different oils. And you should stick pretty close to the category, whether it's conventional, semi-synthetic, or synthetic. So, And you can use conventional, which is the old 1960s and 70s and 80s oil, but you can put that in, and then you can go to a brand new Mobile One synthetic, and then you can go back to the old oil and then go to a Mobile synthetic or a Chevron synthetic, because your engine's not going to know the difference. It's not going to just up and die because you changed the brand of oil or the weight of oil or the level of quality of oil. It's not going to know. It just doesn't know. Now, if you have an older car that's a little loose on the engine side and it fouls a spark plug every now and then, you're not going to want to put a 0-20 weight synthetic in that. You're going to use a straight 30 weight oil for that. And so the 30 weight gives you protection in all the different temperature ranges that Phoenix and Tucson have the, uh, that, that, that their patrons you know, are in, in those categories. But if you're up in Flagstaff, you're up in Payson, you're up in Heber, you're up in the mountain countries, then you're going to want something that has a, a little lower viscosity so it'll flow on those cold mornings. That's what we want. We want the oil to flow. And, and, and it changes viscosities in this respect. It doesn't really, it doesn't go from water consistency to peanut butter because that's what everybody thinks that that happened. A 1030 is water and a 30 weight is peanut butter. No, it's not that. It flows like a 10 weight when it's cold, and it flows like a 30 weight when it's hot. You see the difference? It flows like a 10 weight. It flows like a 30 weight. So we have 0.20 now. 
it flows like a zero weight when it's cold and it flows like a 20 weight when it's hot 20 weight is more than sufficient for any cars that we have on the on the on the market today and and going back 10 years i'll go back that far so it's it's like this your engine let's pretend it's a big mixer it's kind of the mixer mixer bowl that you put to, you're going to make dough and you're going to make pie crust and stuff okay it is are you going to want a, a if your engine is, is working and we're rubbing this oil all over the place and we're splicing oil all over the place, do you want peanut butter or water to cool everything down and provide lubrication? And the answer is clearly we want water, something with the consistency of water. We don't want peanut butter in our engines because it would take forever for us to get everything lubricated until we broke down that thick peanut butter into something that could be pumped through the engine like regular oil so that's what it's all about it's it flows like a 10 weight when it's cold and it flows like a 30 weight when it's hot that's the big difference 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 and as far as the name brand is concerned you know you can do what i do i just get the cheapest oil <laughs> if i'm out i get the cheapest oil i pour chevron because i get a good deal on chevron oil and it is a top quality oil but if i was in flagstaff and wanted to change the tractor and one of my change oil in one of my tractors i just go to to one of the auto parts stores and get some 30 weight and beef and a diesel 30 weight and i'd be fine so 602-508-0960 we'll be right back are you tired of exposing your retirement stock to market risk How would you like the potential to participate in credited interest from market-indexed returns and limit the downside? Join Adam Rosendahl for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You can also call Adam Rosendahl now for your complimentary customized Safe Money and Income Kit and Safe Money and Income Book. 1-844-452-SAFE. That's 1-844-452-7233. Hey, guys. Let's play some video games. This new dad plays video games with his sons. But the challenge feels like he's lifting a metric ton. So many buttons. His avatar just stares at the walls, twists and turns and somehow falls. Help me. He's tangled up in the controller's cords. I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. But the love from his kids is totally apparent. See, you you don't don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. You should have just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the Y. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, 
we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. Welcome back, everybody. 43 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. Gil, the reason why I, there was that, uh, there, that is because I forgot to put the break in my uh, tape. So I was just going to give three seconds of, of nothing <laughs> and so that my I, I knew where I was taking breaks. And folks, Gil's saying in my ear, uh, where you at? Where you at? And, and that, I'm explaining to him that uh, I messed up and I needed to put a gap in the tape of the show. And um, Did you do and, it, Mark? And I got it. Okay, thank <laughs> I you. Got it. I got it. <laughs> I, I just have to reach over and push the button and uh, take a break, and then I let go of the button. But anyway, there's two shops on my list of best car repair shops, and they're on the opposite sides of the valley. Strictly Diesel is up at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. And when he says, Nate says, Strictly Diesel Service and Repair, he says, and he means, Strictly Diesel. Now, if you have a car that you need an oil change on and you're getting ready to go on vacation... You can ask him to do an oil change. If if he, he does other small work, but his focus is Chevrolet, Ford, and Dodge diesels. And I don't know anybody that's in his classification when it comes to just focusing on diesels. So if you've got a Ford, Chevy, or Dodge, and nobody else can fix it, and you have a whole bunch of your cowboy buddies telling you what to do, and you want somebody to diagnose it specifically, then you have to take it to Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. Again, I-17 and uh, Pinnacle Peak Road, uh, he's a good guy. Now, on the other side of town in Mesa, the only shop in Mesa I can send you to is Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. He's been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma is a husband and wife. Brian runs the shop. Thelma runs the front office. And when you meet them and shake their hand and listen to them talk, you'll understand they're very well-versed in car repair. They're the nicest people in the whole wide world. They understand the relationship between the customer and the shop. They have good technicians. And just recently, there was a storm in Mesa that took the roof off of half of their shop, and they're just now getting their wheels underneath them, and they're just starting to come out of the ashes of that bad storm. So if you're in Mesa and you're looking for a good shop, may I suggest Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing, again, since 1970. They're on Main Street, just east of Stapley. Good people, good shop, and good, honest repair. When it comes to good, honest repair, I'm going to give you a little self-defense for car expense. When you take your car in, you should write down what you want them to say or to do. And you should make two copies, and you should give them one. I want you to talk to them in writing. When I start my car up in the morning, there's a squeal. When I rev the engine, the squeal changes with the RPMs of the engine. So when I start it up, it's squealing like crazy, but when I rev it up, the squeal gets louder. Okay, that's very helpful to us. By the way, I want you to look to see if I'm due for an oil change, and would you check my front tires for wear, because I was at this facility not too long ago, and they told me I needed a complete alignment and front-end repair. Would you tell me what your opinion is? So check the tire wear, and then tell me what you think I need, and then put a need and put a price to it. Those are the kinds of conversations you should have with your shop, and you should do it in writing, because there's no excuse there's no excuse for messing up something like that when it's in writing. We know exactly what the situation is. We know exactly what you want us to do. 
and this technician. So you get to talk directly to the technician because that piece of paper is going to the technician in 99 out of 100 shops in the valley. So that's kind of important. You're not going to really get to talk to the technician. You, you're going to talk to a service writer who's going to have the ear of the technician. But you can also do a lot of that via email. So you can say to them, can I contact you? And you, I'll give you my email address and you and I will communicate. It's a nice way to do it so you have a, you have a, <clears throat> you have a log of your discussion. So the service writer says, you need a whole new front end. The front tires are showing abnormal wear. And you say, okay, we'll just put a number to everything I knew and, and, and tell me exactly what it is. Then maybe you take it someplace else and they go, I don't see any abnormal wear. This is an exaggeration, okay? I don't see any normal wear. You've only got 39,000 miles on this car. And so I don't see any need for all of this. They say they need, that you need lower control arms. Do you hear a thump when you abruptly stop or a thump in the front end when you take off? And the customer says, no. When you let go of this, when you turn right and kind of let go of the steering wheel, does the car straighten up all by itself? Yes. Okay. Well, that means that the alignment's pretty doggone good. Um, at any given time, does the car pull to the right or to the left? Well, when I go to work in the morning, it, it drifts a little right, but the road's also crowned to the right. But when I get home and I get in my neighborhood, then it, it goes straight down the road. Well, a highway is crowned. A highway is not flat. We're going to take the middle of the road and we're going to run the water to the outside edges of the road. So when you're on the highway, it's not uncommon for the car to drift to the right. Plus, that's kind of a good thing because if you fall asleep, you're not going to go into opposing traffic. You're going to go off the road to the right if you fall asleep or pass out or be doing stupid, something stupid. So that's kind of how it all works. It has to do with symptoms analysis and symptoms from the customers and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of important. And we have a caller. Who might that be? Say hello to Nick. Nick, good morning. Morning, Mark. Um, I got a 21 Chevy Colorado 2.8 diesel. That it for like 20 months. I'm getting, I'm about 10,000 miles short of the 150 where the timing belt change. Okay. You know about how many hours that should take? Um, no, but I'm betting that that's going to be it's going to be easy north of 500 bucks. Yeah. So easy. do do timing belt um uh change the water pump? Well, it, it, and you have 150,000 on this? I got 138,000 right now. Okay, fair enough. That would be up to the customer. I would say if you were my customer, I would say if you want us to do it, we'll do it. Um I want you to know that maybe one out of every 30 water pumps we install come back <laughs> because it leaks or we made a mistake or the bearing went bad or whatever. So but but you know, if it comes back, we know it's our fault. We know it the parts defective and it won't cost you anything. But if you feel comfortable, that you're halfway well you're 80 percent to the water pump when you're doing the timing belt so to do the time if you do both of them separately let's pretend you're going to have 500 dollars to do the belt and 500 dollars to do the water pump and i'm just guessing with these numbers but i'm using them for demonstration purposes so if you do the water pump when it's there instead of 500 it's now 150 yeah so there's a significant I've already had to replace yeah i've already had to replace the alternator already because it went, the bearings went out on it. Okay. So you're going to do the timing belt? 
and you're going to ask them to look at the cam and crank seals and make sure that there's no oil leaks in that area. And then you're going to do a cooling system flush because they're going to drain it anyway. Yeah. And so, and then if there's a tensioner, um, a tensioner, a spring-loaded tensioner, or just a, an idler pulley, it's a good idea to replace those. So there'll be an okay. idler pulley and a spring and a, and, and a tensioner pulley, and I would replace those as well because you've got 150,000 miles. You've been around the girth of the earth six times, six times. Now, yeah. Now the hoses for the radiator just do, do those. Go start to get hard when it's because of they're old or because of how many like engine miles or, or engine hours are on the motor. It it really I don't like the idea that we're going to squeeze a, a belt or a hose and tell you it's good or it's bad because yeah. there's a whole lot of cars that get towed into my shop that have a nice pliable soft hose that's blown. <laughs> I just don't. I, there's just no good way in the old days. The harder the, the, the hose felt, um, the worse it was. But that, that isn't true, and it wasn't then either. So, again, they're going to take the lower hose off to do this job. There's no labor involved. It's only the price of the hose. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, ask them, what else can we do while we're there that's going to save me money? That's a great question. And he's going to say, lower hose, cooling system flush, water pump, um, tensioner of the timing belt and uh, an idler of the timing belt. We'll look at all of that. That's what he should say. Now, earlier you were talking about uh, overheating and stuff. This truck runs at about 197. No problem. Absolutely okay. no problem. Okay. So and, and it's and like he, at 220, it, we're going to boil it, water. Okay. So yeah, 220. It, it never. I've never. I've never seen it get up to 210 ever. And that's okay. pulling a trailer and stuff. Okay. Um, it, it's it, That's okay. But uh, I'm just saying 220 and 230, people go panic crazy when they hit 220, 230. Yeah. And, and I want to tell you something. I just brought my horses from Tempe and took them up to Payson the other day. And climbing that hill, there was some Ford that decided he wanted to go a little faster than I was going. So he pulled up next to me. And we're both well under the speed limit. So both of us decide we're just going to see who gets to the top of the hill first. And I look down, I'm running about 230 water temperature. So I'm thinking to myself, it's either it's either beat him by a nose or, or let him win. But he doesn't know how many horses I have, and I don't know how many horses he's got, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if I would have done that, I didn't do it. But if I would have done that and I hit 220, 230, it wouldn't have bothered me a bit. We're, the red now zone let, is in the 240 to 260 range. That's where you stay out of. Okay. When would you start to get worried about the transmission fluid temperature? Um, probably 250. Okay, two fifty. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I've seen it in the summer pulling a little bit of weight. It would get up to like two ten. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'll tell you, it okay. really depends on the fluid inside. If it's a conventional fluid, the two ten, two twenties, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be in the area. But if it's a synthetic, and and you can ask, this is the question: What's the oxidation temperature? of your transmission fluid. You can get on the internet, go to Chevron, go to Valvoline, go to Dello, go to whoever you want and just ask their technical people what's the oxidation point of your transmission fluid. And they'll tell you and that's when it burns to a solid. So you got to stay away okay. from that number. And usually that number's north of 250, 260, 270. Okay. You have a good weekend. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. 
My email is mark at marksalem.com. If you're going to ask me a car question, I'd like you if you would give me a, your a phone number and tell me what time's a good time to call you. I usually answer 90% of my emails by just responding appropriately, but sometimes you leave out stuff and I need to ask you questions. And if I call you, I'll call. I'll tell you in advance. I'll, um, I'll call you tomorrow afternoon between one and four, and I'll put it on my calendar. And when I call you, I'm going to call you from a blocked line. But when you answer the phone, the first thing I'm going to say is, "Is this is Mark Salem? I'm responding to your email about your dot dot dot." And then that way we can talk. So um, I obviously can't have my cell phone number get out because then I would answer car questions for the rest of my life and my wife would divorce me and and my kids would hate me and and my cowboy buddies would get mad because my phone's ringing off the hook and I'm on horseback (laughs) so I just you can understand why my cell phone number is is pretty private but those are the options that you have available to you anytime you want when it comes to car repair you never ever should feel like you have to do something if it drove in it'll drive out. So if you get into if you take your car into a shop and all of a sudden they're telling you all this bad stuff that's wrong with your car and you can't possibly drive it and and right now you know we're 750 to 950 dollars to fix this problem just remember it drove in. It drove in. So I'm not suggesting that you hop in your car and go to Flagstaff and put your boat behind it. I'm just suggesting that if he drove it in it'll drive out. And, and and don't ever take anything just verbally from a repair shop. You make them put it in writing. Sign their name to it. Would you be so kind as, ah, my memory's just not really good. And, and, and my husband is going to want this, you know, firsthand. So would you please just write down your name and phone number and then just write him a note. Tell him what it, what's the matter with my car. Here's the reason why. Because if he's not telling you the truth, he ain't going to write nothing down. That's all there is to it. He's not going to write anything down. So that's the very first clue when they said, oh, you just have him call me. Well, just can you just write it down? That would be so much better for me, please. And if they continue to say no, it's probably because they're not telling you the truth. Because there isn't anybody I know with a good, clean shop that wouldn't sit down and send a husband or a wife or an uncle or an aunt an email saying, hey, the car was in here the other day. Here's the license plate number, and here's some of the concerns I saw, and I've put some numbers to to those repairs real nonchalant, non-threatening, give you the information, tell you what I see, and you guys make up your mind. That's the way that 80% of the shops in town, in Phoenix, in the, in the surrounding areas, that's what we do. We do a good job in that. We recognize high pressure is a bad idea. We don't want to use any scare tactics. We basically want you to have what, have an idea of what we saw and what we think uh, you're, you're, you're you're faced with that's really the bottom line so i saw this you need to have this done and here's a price for you end of story all right mark at marksalem.com is my email address mark at marksalem.com i'm here every saturday here on kknt 960 and we start at 10 o'clock and we go to noon and we talk about cars so you can get me an email or you can see me next saturday